0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It Presents Buddies for Life, an episode-by-episode episode recap of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney Plus's second Marvel miniseries TV show, whatever you'd like to call it. And where we pair up a buddy cop film of any decade and discuss the evolution of that genre, the changes in it, how it's kind of connecting to our real world, which every week, Falcon and the Winter Soldier does more and more As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And Jamie Jarek. Hello. And this week we're on episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Truth. I have to assume because it's mostly about honesty. The episode (laughs) picks up right where we left off after episode four, where we saw some of the most gruesome imagery in the falcon and the winter soldier possibly in the mcu if you don't count the decapitation of thanos the shrinking of that poor man and ant-man and getting picked up like a little snot clot and several other times where they've accidentally been very violent however this time it was attached to a symbol that everybody has looked up to and we keep seeing how that symbol has affected many many people in the universe in this episode we struggle more with what will it mean going forward rather than what it has meant in the past Terrence, what did you think of this week's episode?
1: it's, uh, it's it is not my favorite out of the, like I, I like the previous two episodes more, but there are some very hard hitting things in here that will forever sit with me. This this episode unpacks some things that I, I didn't I wanted them to get into that I did not think they were going to. Um it starts off with the whole basically Walker having PTSD and kind of just freaking out. But the bread and butter for me for this episode is Sam's sort of... This whole series now, it, it's clear what it is. It's Sam's sort of earning the shield, but earning it by having to dig up and go and, and, and destroy some of the archetypes of what we think that shield means or what America means. Like the flag, I mean, this is sort of what's happening in the real world. The, the flag and, and all of that don't mean the same for everybody as, as it does for a certain group of people. And sort of that's sort of what Sam has to... Uh, come to come to grips with and he goes back to um meet the original (laughs) the original uh black super soldier and bradley they have a conversation and bradley's like hey yo this world is never going to take a black captain america ever and if you're a black man and you want to be a captain america that says something about you and i was like whoa that is that is accurate because as much as this world is kind of spit on and kicked and shit on on people of color would you really want to be the representative of what that means and that's something that sam sort of has to wrestle with and it and his conversation with him and then the conversation that he has with bucky and Bucky. one thing we've already talked we've always talked about we always said that bucky knew who steve they had a conversation which was like ha we were right Told like us. um so, but bucky's like hey we never actually contemplated what this meant giving this to a black man and that's that's on us Cause that's something that we in our white privilege never would have come would never would have thought about before. And that's just fascinating to kind of dive into, into, in a comic book, movie. <laughs> but it's just fascinating to sort of play with that type of stuff. And I was like, Oh wow. I didn't think we were getting there. Um, and it's this pen, penultimate episode is, does a great job of just putting a lot of breadcrumbs on the board for whatever we do in the finale. It takes some off cause we Zemo is sort of easily just sort of, removed but uh i th- also think that they're that setting up for stuff in the future because we don't just mention the raft for the hell of it
2: <laughs> yeah um i totally agree uh it wasn't my favorite either but still i mean so powerful and i totally it's we i really never saw this coming in terms of the subject matter and it and it makes me so happy that they're that they're going there um because they didn't have to but they should have uh and uh and it's it's refreshing to see and and it was weird because and i told you guys before we recorded that i i watched um the trial of the chicago seven and judas and the black messiah this week and it's weird because those movies take place in like 69 ish and then to go and watch the falcon and the winter soldier it's very oddly dealing with similar subject matters except it's fictional whereas those movies are about real people and it's a little disheartening that it's like, I mean, those movies are new, but they take place then. And we're just, you know, we've discussed it before with these Buddy Cop movies, whereas just nothing has changed. And, um, and a good way to make change in media is to put these stories in the most famous franchise in the world, uh, is bring stuff, attention to stuff. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, for me, um, you know, as just a simple white lady, certainly uh, the chord that struck hardest for me in this episode was the appearance of Julia Louis Dreyfus. Contessa. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I that was totally pretty pretty awesome. When she showed up, so that was that was the highlight for me. Just to see Julia Louis Dreyfus in the MCU and knowing that she's coming back is. So she's
1: having fun. Awesome. Uh, clearly, I mean, I guess we. This is one of those ones where Disney was like, hey, we had a plan. She was going to show up here first, but F it here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting seeing everything out of order. I'm hoping she still is in the Black Widow movie where she was meant to make her original appearance and that we're not just cutting around or however we're going to do it. I, I have to assume that that's still there. But this might have been my favorite episode because they did a lot of the the stuff that I keep saying, similar to WandaVision, that we're never going to get in a movie. We're never going to have Bucky and Sam Bond over building a boat in a feature-length film. We're never going to see just Sam doing target practice with the shield for 20 minutes. Which is we great. have an entire I love. I could have watched it all day. It's so rare that an episode of TV can at the same time expressed two of the whitest parts of me where I'm like, I really miss playing ultimate frisbee. But what of the systemic racism in America at the same time? It also really made me miss when I was more physically active and did martial arts, but there was a while where I was like, man, I miss tossing around a disc. Um, But I mean, we, we opened this movie with some of the best action we've seen. And some of the most film school symbolism that i will drink up like whiskey where we to get sam to a place where he decides to be kept in america we literally had to rip the falcon off of him we yeah. had to destroy the wings and like peel them away and that is the kind of like mise-en-scene 101 nonsense that i'm like oh it's so cool <laughs> we had to take away his original symbol to make room for him to grow it's, it's amazing
1: it's fantastic and then that wow. shot ends with bucky just like dropping the shield at him it's like we're not doing this again don't f this up this time like you know that's the, literally how he drops that tool
2: i don't know why this made me think of that but the way he showed throws that shield down and walks away made me think of at the end of moulin rouge when you mcgregor throws the money at nicole
0: kidman and he's like go be a whore Poor. Well it, it, it's like, directed.
2: It totally had that kind of level of drama and I and I love it. That's what I that's what immediately came to mind.
0: It's <laughs> directed movie, in such a way. way. I was sort of with you where I was like, is Bucky done? Like he, he throws it down with such disdain almost that a part of me was like, has he decided Sam is cap and is just out? Like what does this mean? Is he going to just go reconcile the white wolf and go back to the Dora Milaje? And and then we get this scene with Zemo and this conversation with him. And we echo this back to the Civil War moments. That we mirror the shot with Black Panther of the dead. The living is not done with you yet. He gets taken away. We get another philosophical nonsense conversation from him about, What it means to be a person and what it means to be a hero and why blah, 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 blah. All great. All fantastic. We get Sam. I don't think I can think of one other scene in any superhero movie where a white person cops up to basically being white. The way Bucky does with Sam. The way he really is like, we didn't think about it. And the more, I've said this on the show, I think a few times it's really showing that Steve Rogers doesn't fit in this world anymore. And what this, I think, really proved to me was that we've seen Steve Rogers have the benefit of the privilege really of being the man out of time of growing up when it was easy to just be like America versus Nazis, rah, rah, rah. These are the bad guys and we are the good guys. And, you know, he's also from an era, they don't talk about this, but I, That generation, that age group, and then there are younger people who say it too, kind of grew up with that idea of just, we don't see color. That was, you know, for so long what I heard. Well, don't see color, Blake. Everyone's equal. Don't see it. And now that conversation is much more like, see it, but don't treat people differently because of it.
1: It's like, I want you to acknowledge the fact that we are different. Just don't treat me like shit because we are.
0: (laughs) And I feel like there was a lot of subtext of Bucky kind of admitting, like, you know we never thought of it this way. We just saw the world.
1: I mean, it's a lot of the way that just America has always sort of treated itself. It's like, Hey, we're the best country in the world. We do this and this and this, but let's not talk about how we got here. Let's never bring that up. You don't want to see how the sausages are made. Just eat them. Yay.
0: <laughs> and, and really what would Steve do now? Cause the other thing too is, and his stories are written in a way that he doesn't have to deal with these kind of problems, But he also has the benefit, I was just saying this to a friend of the show, Andres, I was like, it's interesting watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and watching us deal with heroes killing people, and watching John Walker do it, and then we talk about, well, Iron Man shot those terrorists with his little shoulder gun, and we all thought it was cool, and the Punisher exists, and We've seen all this discourse around Batman and Spider Man and Daredevil, and these characters who are like, well, I have a code. It's like, well, is your code just laying them in the hospital and hanging them upside down? And I
1: will beat like, you so that you will never walk
0: again. I'd rather like, be dead. <laughs> what's what's really worse here? Like, but the the Captain America movies have the same benevolence that the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies have, where those villains die, but Spider Man doesn't kill the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin kills the Green Goblin. And Spider-Man doesn't kill Doc Ock. Doc Ock decides to do it. And so so Spider-Man's never killed anyone, but his villains are also gone now. And it's that kind of like weird hypocrisy that I think we're getting away from. When you look at the first Captain America and was like, well, he never killed anybody in that movie. The Red Skull grabbed the Tesseract and floated away. But we've never challenged the idea of what if it didn't? And then even when we challenge him as a character and we go take the red, white, and blue Boy Scout and put him in shades of gray, the Winter Soldier's shades of gray, what's right and what's wrong, it's actually not that complicated. The Nazis are still wrong. We're going to blow up the three ships and I'm going to save my friend. Civil War does the same thing. They go, well, it's complicated now. And it's like, well, actually, you still have this concept of what's morally correct and it's why both Tony and Steve land in the same place. And, and they're both trying to achieve the same goals it's not that complicated this is the first time where it's like well there's nobody for steve to punch here there's no one for him to just talk truth and justice about because that girl would disagree with him yeah a lot of other people would disagree with him
1: i think everybody on this board would like everybody in this show Morgenthau, uh sharon zemo like there's nobody that would be like hey and that's just sort of a, 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 sort of what the world is today. I mean, you turn on the news and you see what's happening, you're kind of like, yeah, this isn't just so clean anymore. You can't just type, type, tie a bow on America. And be like, we're, we're the best. There's On, a lot on of anybody,
0: shit I think it even gets to an individualistic level, where we're really right. kind of starting to be like, what do we and don't we forgive? And how do we and don't we move on? And how frustrated are people? But it does echo back to a lot of the symbols in our own country and what these mean. And I think the show is saying that the world needs Captain America, but it doesn't really need Steve Rogers anymore. We we still need somebody who inspires and, and believes in what's right, but that means a different thing now than it did right. when Loki showed up and we fought aliens.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you get to John Walker, who I'm liking more and more, because the more and more I think about his character, I go, this is somebody that we actually should feel bad for, because he's been given an impossible task. And and I think if anybody thought of it, if if one of you or I became the CEO of our company, or we were in a position of power, and everybody was just like, I don't care, and spit on our face, we'd be mad. If you worked that hard to get somewhere, and nobody cared about it, you'd be mad. There are, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, but he's a bad person who breaks. But when you really think about what he's going through, I'm like, he's doing such a good job playing this role because really, as we saw in this episode, he's also part of a broken system. When he stands at that podium and is like, I did it for you. You made me, you trained me, you taught me to do it this way. I did it all for you. And now you're just going to tell me to kick rocks. You're like, yeah, that's kind of what we do too. We breathe these things and we're like, Oh no, the dog bit somebody. That's not how we wanted it to go.
1: I mean, it's sort of what has happened to Bradley where they're like, Hey, we're going to give this, and they will throw you away. and You don't exist. That is what they are attempting to do now with, uh, with Walker. So, Yes, he is still a, a white male, but the second you go against the, the patriarchy or the, the, the big regime, they're like, cool, you're now going to get tossed out too.
0: And look, I'm not on some of that Twitter bullshit where I'm like, finally, a cap who's doing what needs to be done. I think that's insane and completely missing the point. I, I just think that, yeah, that's <laughs> no, that he's still a bad person. It's just interesting to be like, what, what happens when we give somebody an impossible
2: he's such a good character because it is true. I mean, America could give a fuck about their soldiers and their, and I mean, you know, if, if, uh, and it's, I think Julia Weed-Dreyfus says it, like if he would have done that shit privately, he'd still be captain America. It's the fact that he, it was caught on tape and now it's on the internet. Um, I mean, it's all hypocrisy and everything. And, and, and that's, John Walker is a complex, really good character. And I'm excited to see what happens if, if, uh if he dies or if he ends up in thunderbolts or whatever happens put him but on the I, raft
1: too everybody to the raft <laughs>
2: but i also think i mean I, it's worth noting that um walker is first and foremost his he's his, his his he's controlled by his temper and by his um inability to make the right call because he's quick to action in not the right way in a way that he's impatient and he's uh and he's bitter and angry, but he was that way before they stripped him of his role. And I think there, um, there's someone on Twitter that I really hate who is an important name in comics. And I consider this person to be my mortal enemy, even though they don't know me. Um, they are a comic person and I hate them. Uh, and they are one of the people that tweeted, Team Walker. I love John Walker. Team Walker. And and based on the reasons I don't like this person is because everything I, there's been so much evidence that this person is sexist and that this person is unwilling to to change and unwilling to see. They also are somebody who loved Harley's Suicide Squad outfit and then was like bashing their Birds of Prey outfits. Oh,
0: I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Um.
2: <laughs> and and uh, I really despise this person. And um. And because of that, seeing this person be tweet team John Walker is like, oh, that is the only proof I needed that John Walker is not a good person.
1: Well,
2: and, that, <laughs> and that if anyone is cemented. seeing him as a hero, if you see yourself in John Walker, you need to go to therapy. I, um and that's just a fact. I mean, and and there are things about him that are tragic and sad, and he did get the short end in certain ways in a, his job way. But he's still a per, the person he is, and and that's not a very good person or a hero. I mean, you add see, him to the list of why.
0: Joker and Tyler Durden and Rick right. Sanchez and all these other characters. That it's like the point of the show is to not be them. Well, yeah, you don't I mean, that's to sort be Jack Horseman.
1: That's sort of what this entire series film is trying to sort of tell you. It's like, all right, uh, yes, he has gotten the short end of the stick, but it's clear that he still leads with his his, his, his temper. He's, he's, he's his fist first. Sam has been given the short end of a stick on a lot of situations. And why he's the perfect person to have that shield is because he's like, look, I need to go in and talk to this person before we actually go, go in swinging and everything. Let me go have a conversation with Morgan about it. and it. would have it was heading in the correct direction before Walker went all John Wayne. Yeah.
2: These there's no sympathy. There's no like this men don't have sympathy. They don't understand. They're unwilling. These men uh are unwilling to understand their privilege and they're unwilling to see anyone else's side of things. I did get in a Twitter fight once with this person I've been not naming. Um, (laughs) literally about it was about it's so stupid. I, I never get in Twitter fights, but I got in a Twitter fight with this comics creator about the nipple double standard and why it's not really fair that men can show their nipples and, ladies, yeah. and and women can't it's kind of insane there's like no and and he kept doubling down and like really just well that's the way it is women can show their nipples and that's just the fact and it's like they're just just refusal to understand why no if you can show your nipples i should be able to show my nipples they're just right. they're the same they're nipples yeah, they're the, no, exact same,
1: it's the exact same thing it
2: looked like i was about to flash you but i'm not going <laughs>
1: <to>. <laughs> but no i agree they are the same thing I, but that's a whole di- uh line of dialogue about america and its sexuality of women and its that's yeah. one, that's a that's a side story mean, there's,
0: there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of, i mean it's i think you know I have a lot of opinions on why we should be allowed to have everybody's nipples around. Yeah,
1: should do whatever the hell. You
0: Unfortunately, have. the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not dealing with nipples. Be uh,
1: yeah, very, very man. You give me, you give me systematic racism, <laughs> frisbee throwing for Blake, and nipples.
0: Shit,
2: that's like be the best show of all
0: time. There's
2: one episode left. That's gonna be my nipple episode. I don't know
0: why, but I the other thing I also like watching Sam train in a very like buddy cop montage.
1: It felt so rocky.
0: It oh, it was great. But I had this moment where I was like, he's the only one who's done this without the serum. Like And he's that just, actually makes it doing those doing flips.
1: It. Yeah, doing his flips, catching the frisbee. I was like, that's kind of badass. I will say though. I can't wait to see whatever Shuri has cooked up for him in that in that uh in that Wakanda. I will
0: say, suit. pulp fictioning that suitcase is my one problem with the, uh, this episode. Oh, I just should... show just show me the reverse I'll shot. Just show it to you. Just show <laughs> it to me. Mystery boxes never work.
1: I think he's going to show up in that USA Wakanda vibranium style suit, and I'm all going to be. I'm going to lose my shit.
2: Yeah, I thought it was honestly of um I think I said this on the phase zero podcast too. It's it was my favorite cliffhanger of the show. It's the first time I was like, Yeah, this is a TV show, not a cut up movie.
0: <laughs> I really hope if you stayed for your mid credit scene and saw John Walker making the I I don't even know what to call it, the Marvel Legends version of this, the I can go buy it at Target for I was like, $100. Yeah, the Target
1: yeah i was like so you do know everything else is made of vibranium this I mean, isn't it, going to end with." Well.
0: a part of me is just like it's gonna break right because like he's a super soldier now which means he can whip it really hard right it's it just shatter it's just gonna break <laughs> um so i'm excited for that i've said it before there's not really a reason to me in the marvel universe why we don't have a wakanda vibranium shrinking ant-man iron man suit yet i don't know why all of these heroes who work together are like well i'm the ant-man i'll do my so you don't get the shrinking tech yeah you're (laughs) iron man which means you don't get vibranium just right you don't get this just share it (laughs) just you should all be invincible suits
1: tony could have saved had he just had vibranium
0: (laughs) (laughs) All the times when Cap's like, oh, I got shot. If only I had better armor. And Tony's like, I summon 30 of them a day. (laughs) It's like, just make the man a suit. It really bothered me in Iron Man 3 when Rhodes is like, give me one. He's like, ah, they're all coded for me. And I'm like, Shane Black, this is a stupid bit. Just have him have a War Machine outfit for So
1: there are 50 and Pepper just showed up in one. I call bullshit.
0: (laughs) He's been spending this whole movie saying War Machine is better than Iron Patriot. And he doesn't have a War Machine outfit on deck. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's talk about rush hour i don't have any smooth oh, transitions.
2: Rush Hour, yeah it's uh this is one that like like the the fir- our first chunk our first four were very easy to connect but this one is a little more difficult
0: yeah I th- we'll find it sometimes i just say we'll find it as we go <laughs> Um, uh, I have to
2: tell you guys real quick because I'm I'm like shocked. I said this to Blake earlier, but I am somebody who I have like a, when it comes to movies, I got a steel trap. I rem, I can tell you what, what, every movie I've seen in theaters, I know all my movies. I really thought I had seen Rush Hour, but I'm like 30, 40 minutes into it. And I'm like, I I have not seen this movie before. And I've I've I, seen
1: this movie so many times. I was reciting stuff with it yes, as it was
2: going along. But, I really liked it
1: yeah it's a fun it's a fun ride. it is it is a film that would probably have to change a lot of things being made today uh because there are a lot especially in current 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 climate um because there's a lot of stuff that ooh. uh in fact my wife was off to the side uh and not watching it with me and didn't see me if i was taking notes or not and she knows that blake and i do another podcast called you can't do that anymore and she's like oh this is going to fit on that show 100 i was like oh not for that one but you are not wrong actually no we're
0: <laughs> gonna use this one to pair it up with an episode about systemic racism in america <laughs> <laughs> so the year is 1998 um, and nobody knows yet that brett ratner is a monster he's uh, only one of the most successful directors in hollywood and he has released rush hour With Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. And if there was a better Venn diagram to just print money in 1998, I don't know what it is. The movie keeps on going with its lethal weapon tone. We get a lot more slapstick. We have Jackie Chan. Everything's a weapon in his prime. Chris Tucker at that peak Chris Tucker. And I got to tell you this time watching it, I could just feel like Brett Ratner somewhere was like, come on, Chris you know why everyone's watching it urban this one up a bit i was like how how bad do you think he was on this set because because oh boy
1: it's it's funny knowing ratner and what he's what we know of him now there are certain scenes like the whole uh jackie Chan, and it's it's still funny because it is like a fish out of water and he's hearing uh chris tucker say but him saying the n-word you're like this is one of those things where brett ratner's like this is gonna be great guys it's gonna be a good time let's go ahead and do this
2: i really was struggling with that moment because I'm like in the context it's it is funny and and it works because he doesn't know what he's saying but in the reality of the world Jackie Chan still had to say it and it's so it's like still makes you uncomfortable yeah and I imagine at the time it hit really well um and I'd imagine even with black audiences as well
1: it played well like I was in the theater for it it hit it hit hit quite well um I don't know if it would hit as well today exactly (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, I think we used to be a little bit more, uh, it's hilarious. (laughs) And you're right. This scene plays because he's he's acclimating to a culture. He has seen Chris Rock do it in the scene before. And he says it with his big Jackie Chan grin. But it also, it, it doesn't really exist other than to like be kind of funny and then show off Jackie Chan doing stunts. It doesn't further the plot or the story or the characters. would get
2: wrong.
0: Right, yeah. There's not, it's not like him and Chris Tucker have a scene after where he's like, "Now hold on."
1: They don't have like the forty-eight hour moment that Eddie and Nolte sort of had. It's like, yeah, what you're saying is you're being a bit of a dick. Um, they don't have that type of situation. This one's more played for laughs, and it, it like I said, it works. It's just uh, this is this is that hybrid because both like Chris Tucker was coming off of Money Talks, which was Brett Ratner's other. Film, and it was huge like that did re- way bigger than it had any right to do and then jackie chan is known for like hey this guy does this all the stunts and so this is that perfect marriage of like let's merge those two together and so you can see exactly when they're like all right at this point jackie chan go do jackie chan and he we do a full on like 10 minute stunt stunt sequence and it looks great and it fits within the story it blends pretty well it blends less in the subsequent sequels but this one is a pretty good marriage of the of the the two versions of those those stories um
0: Well, and I think it's also important to note, as we noted many times in our WandaVision podcast, and anybody who's noted anything when we've talked about Power Rangers will note, that progress takes time. And that while there are some problematic jokes and issues in this movie, this is one of the first, if not the first, buddy cop action movie where the white people are just not in the leading roles. You're not here we're and doing
2: assholes like the cop like all the white cops are like they're pretty racist and they're shitty and it's nice that like there are no good white people in this movie and yeah. then again the when Chris Tucker's like fuck you FBI guys I'm LAPD I'm not joining your your bullshit um that was one thing that was nice like there were no there you weren't rooting for a single white person in this movie
1: no uh which is rare I mean like he's like he said for these type of films you usually the typical way to do these is a white male black man that's typically the way that these sort of go and that's been that case and this is one of the first ones bad boys domain two black men but this is the first one where we're like we're going to take two different ethnicities and and merge them together and not neither of them will be white uh and it was fun um it didn't it was weird because i remember the time of when this came out i remember it being big it, it played more as an urban film we sort of we sort of put jackie Chan in that hey you're allowed to the cookout situation like type of situation that's sort of where he, he fit into that and that's sort of what those movies had become um and i remember the the fever that when rush hour 2 came out shortly after it was like a huge phenomenon for this entire for these for these films um much the film was much much uh worse but but it was still a uh, fun like oh, i can't wait to see these two together again cuz it's just a,
0: it's an energy these two have well that's how most of these movies happening is. They've been talking about four since the camera stopped rolling on three. That's what I and, thought. And uh, they I are mean, but... running out of time. So they're running out of time. Him. Obviously,
1: they're going to have to use a different director. Um, but I know this was a TV series for a hot second too, and it didn't take off. So. Uh,
2: and Chris kind of quit Hollywood. He did. Yeah.
1: He did. He. I mean, he was on fire, and then he just. Took off, um, came back and did some smaller stuff.
2: He's with, so good in Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings, yeah, nine like, years ago.
1: Yeah, um, but even like, but before that, he had a huge like gap of time before he was mm-hmm. he was doing anything else. Uh, it was it's funny because he was it's sort of in line for a while there to be the next Eddie, um, and his trajectory was heading that way. Like he was doing some different stuff, like Dead Presidents. He was great in a drama. He was great in Fifth Element. I love Fifth Element.
2: Yeah, Fifth Element's um, amazing.
1: And then this was sort of his leading vehicles. And then after the rush hours, he just dropped off the planet for a bit. And I don't know what it was or or what he was doing, but
0: yeah, he sort of stepped away. Um,
1: I wouldn't be
2: surprised if he was like, Brett Ratner treated me like shit. Hollywood treated me like shit. I was
0: going to say, I think it's a very similar Chappelle story where he just kind of one day was like, this is all crazy.
1: Like, yeah, yeah.
0: But outside of that, the movie, you know, this is a very interesting movie cause I, I often try very hard to find the like the depth and the influence and what did it do and how did this further. And every now and then you have a movie like this that just sort of is good. That just kind of is like, it didn't really say too much deeply. It We didn't break the genre. We weren't making omelets in the kitchen. We weren't innovating. It's just like, this was just a good script with great chemistry they bring up the war song the biggest theme is really chris tucker thinking he wants to be part of an institution and then saying he wants to be part of the lapd which like great personal moment weird now
1: <laughs> it's an odd choice now <laughs> yeah even in
0: the 90s um, that's a weird choice this, this had to be I, right I around like This has
1: to be the reginald denning oj like i feel like yeah like i feel like he either way no matter what the lapd was, did,
0: did not have a great track record no. in the 90s no yeah. uh can't, not can't that cops have ever really had a great track record yeah, yeah that
2: i crap, mean it always oh, is gonna sneak in like it,
1: it, it's so funny because this movie it does the very like the simple a to b of like let's connect these guys these guys are two fish out of waters to each other they don't really like each other and then like hey we don't have much depth on the scripts to sort of put them together. Let's have them sing war to each other and sort of bring them together. And then let's have a quick dialogue about how their fathers are both were former cops and cool. Now they're B- BFFs. And that's sort of what turns them from being, I don't really want to hang around with Lee anymore. It's like, Lee's my dude. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Um, they kind of have like the deepest it really gets is symbols are dumb and legacies are dumb and like pave your own way, right? Like that's kind of, we have these conversations about their dads and getting out of those shadows and being their own person. And these ideas of like being part of, be it a family or the FBI, and then kind of being like, I am gonna go do it myself. Which again, when you're leaving one institution for another institution, it leads me to believe that the script didn't try to get deeper than it was. Cause that's, I don't know, kind of like not wanting to work at Amazon so you can go work at Walmart. (laughs) <laughs> uh you're just kind of trading out one for the other yeah. fbi in this case being amazon and walmart being the lapd of course Naturally. there
2: is one thing that i really my like my favorite moment in the whole movie was not a purposeful moment it was in the bloopers in the end uh, in Oh, the those are the best parts end. and i love the
1: rest of our bloopers
2: yeah they're really good um and it's you know jackie chan is this brilliant man who has who's who's talented in so many ways and he speaks two languages uh, if not more I don't know if he speaks anymore I don't know um and so yeah his English isn't amazing but he can speak more languages than me and he can speak more languages than Chris Tucker and and in in the in the end credits they Chris is like has to say something in um Mandarin I think um and uh and he can he's struggling. And Jackie Chan's like, see? Right. I, you make he's fun like, of me.
1: Because I think it was only three words. I think he only had to do three words mm-hmm. that and, and he was like, He can't even say this. I have an entire see how hot it is for me. And he was just kind of joking, but I was like, Yeah, that's he's not wrong.
2: No, it's people who who English is our second language, and you know, you know, I just binged all of modern family, and uh and uh Gloria gets it all the time, like makes fun of her accent and everything, and occasionally it's brought up, it's like bitch. No, I speak two languages. This is my second language. I'm not stupid. I just, it's not my first language. And and, and that is so important for us to remember because um, because again, I only speak English and I'm really bad at languages. I've never been good at it. And, uh, and if someone doesn't speak English well, but they can still speak English, they can do more than I can do. And we do not respect people well enough. I mean, that's um, why
1: the whole... The whole response that because Jackie doesn't speak for the first part of this, and he Mm -hmm. just lets Chris Tucker goes, and it's like, "No, I can I can speak. I just let you speak, and I'm just going to hear you say because you're saying a bunch of dumb shit. And (laughs) once once you say something worthwhile, I'll I'll chime in.
0: I think that really for me was the hardest pill to re swallow on this movie. Of like, I don't don't really want to watch him make fun of Jackie Chan not being able to speak English for ten minutes
1: it's a it's a they're, it's an they're both so much
0: better than this yes yeah, so
1: it's an interesting beat that happens when it was happening i was like oh and he goes through this like i'm gonna drop you off at uh, panda express i was like oh oh this is some of the stuff is
0: yeah there's drop. a lot of like ooh guys <laughs> i know it was the late 90s and we just didn't seemingly care there's a part that i mean it doesn't happen because
1: it it happens when he gets kicked He's about to say, I'm going to slap the yellow off of you, but he is kicked before the yellow part comes out. And I'm like, I am so glad that he got kicked in the head right there because I don't know if that would have still Yeah,
0: in a very in weird way, this, similar to the Marvel heroes who like kill people, but then are like, oh, should we have done that? Uh, I feel like Hollywood executives would be like, we'll be racist until it's too racist. <laughs> like I can't, there's yeah. so many bits that are like, and right here is where they're going to say it but then they're going to get cut off. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well you spent the whole movie being xenophobic, so I don't know that this really <laughs> is saving the the I guess
1: the Joker in the card deck doesn't mean much. Yeah, I guess this is
0: a good line to have in the sand, but it feels like there was a lot of sand that we could have <laughs> moved up.
2: It's weird because I think part of the reason I thought I've seen this movie before is because there are moments I've seen a million times. And one of those moments is Chris Tucker yelling, uh, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? That that's like famous. There are Him cl- yelling classic that moments his here, delivery. Yeah. And and it's Chris Tucker, so it's the delivery of that is funny. But 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 that, it just, oh, Well, God, that's,
1: a, that's a part of a lot of the lines in this movie where it's like in lesser hands, in lesser capable hands, a lot of the stuff would have come off much more hateful and harsh because chris tucker is doing it in his his high-pitched voice it's, it's sort of like all right i i can i can accept and it, it, you're doing like the spoonful of sugar type stuff when you're doing the medicine like all right cool i can kind of take this um as opposed to somebody who's it doesn't feel as hateful it just feels more like oh this guy's a, he's a he's an idiot he's in he sort of it more yeah. in that frame.
0: i also think there's a weird underlining thing in some audiences where they're like, well. The black person and the Asian person can't be racist to each other, but if it was a white person saying, if like Jim Carrey was doing it, we would
1: have been like, oh no. Correct. That there's probably some of that too, where it's like, oh, they're being sort of being racist to each other. They're like, well, that's more acceptable. It's not a majority of uh, like a a, a white person saying. Then we're like, hold on, stop the movie. Both of these guys need to need to get this in this now.
0: Uh, some other fun bit of trivia that i just learned is that rush hour was the catalyst for rotten tomatoes really the the founder of rotten tomatoes send wong the website's founder was a big jackie chan fan and was inspired to make the website after collecting all of the reviews of jackie chan's hong kong action films as they were being released in the u.s
2: that's really cool that
1: is (laughs) fascinating
2: I know some people don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm a bi- I actually really love Rotten Tomatoes because um, I, I uh, except never look at the scores for comedies. Comedy's too subjective. Uh, but, I, but but I they're think, always uh,
0: 50s. It's always 50.
2: Yeah. Comedy, comedy aside, I do think it's a helpful tool when trying to decide what you want to watch. I think if
1: you're on the you're on the fence for some stuff, yeah. yeah, I think if you're on the fence for things, it's a it's a mm-hmm. good way to say, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't waste my don't on. don't
2: make it your bible right um but and now sometimes sometimes uh, occasionally things i write get counted towards the scores and then i feel bad i'm like i have to be nice because i don't want to bring these poor people who worked hard in this movie score down yeah
1: yeah it's, it's funny like, that you mention it i haven't watched it in a while Blake, but it's funny you mentioned because uh uh jackie chan did shanghai noon and night with Owen Wilson, which is a white male, and I like the first one. I don't really remember the second one. Nobody likes remember. the second one. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, I never. I I don't remember it at all. But I can't remember how edgy or touchy that gets on that because I I really can't see Owen Wilson throwing out some of those.
0: I it's not things. nearly at this level.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just can't see that working there in that same that same manner.
0: <laughs> but the movie's still great. A lot of good physical comedy. A lot of great bombastic climax action. I can watch. Jackie Chan and his prime, and in animated form in the Jackie Chan Adventures. Which is a really good cartoon. It's a great cartoon. It's a really good. I don't know why Paramount Plus isn't rebooting it. I don't even know if they have the rights. I just decided that they did in this moment. (laughs) It could be owned by anybody, but it seems like something that would have been on CBS. (laughs) I don't know how this movie connects to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I'm just going to say that instead it was the next movie that we had on our list for these genres. But, but really what it does though, is it does show you the evolution, right? This was a 1998 movie and the nineties were such an interesting time because things weren't great. They weren't that bad. We weren't involved in any major wars we weren't really making villains who were based in those wars. We didn't have the the Russians or the Chinese or the Soviets or the Red Scare. It was things like the Matrix. We had to create something. Oh, it's the technology. And I think Rush Hour kind of has a little bit of that, where it, it echoes a simpler time, but it was like, we don't really need to put any super depth into this movie. We're just going to have audiences sit back and have a good time. And when you look at where we are now and what the Winter Soldier is doing and what this genre is doing that Hollywood has been doing forever, it, it is becoming a tool to teach. And I think Rush Hour has that in some ways. I think we have moments of Jackie Chan saying the N-word and then getting <clears throat> karma for it, but he doesn't get educated about it we have Chris Tucker making all of these negative assumptions, but it's for comedy and not for the education's sake. And now Falcon and the Winter Soldier gives us another racially tense story. And instead of just leaving these things to the side, it's become the meat of the story where I I think we're seeing the evolution here of like, it's for the comedy. And we're just sort of crossing our fingers that you walk away a better person. You got it, right? Don't (laughs) say the N-word in bars. Don't make fun of Asian people. They'll understand. Where Falcon and the Winter Soldier is no longer assuming we will understand.
1: They're like, "Let's, let's talk about this. We have to have a conversation.
0: Guys, this was my favorite episode. I still am a little concerned. That we're not going to get everything we want in the finale? There's that's one my more fear. left?
1: Because, I mean, it's probably only going to be no more than an hour. But there's a there's quite a bit of stuff that needs to. I would like to. I would like to. It doesn't need to. But there's a lot of stuff that I would like to get tied up. And I don't necessarily think we're going to
0: get all of it. I that. mean, we still don't even know who the power broker is, do we? No. We're all just I'm assuming it's Sharon. Sharon. We're just assuming I think that's Sharon. the red heron. It's, a red herring. it's the, the red herring. The red heron. heron.
1: Yeah, the red Sharon um, especially because she just keeps dropping into the middle of an episode like oh she hasn't been around and she just shows up on the phone like for a quick 10 four minute sequence of her on her phone and like and then that's it i'm like this is a little you i keep hope bringing we get her up more misleading us yeah.
2: yeah i really think that i genuinely think we are going to get a season two called like the new captain america and the white wolf or something like that like i really like i like wandavision was a clear one and done you cannot have a wandavision season two but right. i think we are gonna get another Bucky Sam show but they're gonna it's gonna be retitled with their new model yeah I
1: think he, I don't I
0: know th- Jamie I think season two of Wanda is just gonna be a bunch of podcasts that Wanda likes and they're gonna uh, have a lot of philosophical conversations and we'll see the evolution of the audio medium
1: I like it but yeah I do definitely think they're gonna he's gonna be known as Captain America from this point on um so I, I do think he will we'll start using that name for him from now
0: on yeah i would uh i would love that i feel like this is the first one where i'm like we could do a season two and then candidly because we also the other thing we didn't talk about we've set up the next falcon he gave those wings and so i'm like yeah. will we could, we could keep going
2: yeah well cool. i think joaquin is going to be a part of the, like the young avengers for sure new falcon i think that that's 100 percent happening
1: yeah there are a lot of threads, like breadcrumbs in here. The whole Contessa thing. You don't get Julie Louis-Dreyfus to be a one-off.
0: No, no, no. no. She's, she's either yeah. pretending to be blind in Arrested Development. <laughs> or... It did make
2: me think of that because of like the courtroom vibes. I did think of Arrested Development.
0: A part yeah. of me was like, I'm so excited for us to get Daredevil back on the table and just see all the memes of Julie Louis-Dreyfus in Arrested Development.
2: I love that like Julia w. Dreyfus is Chris Evans' biggest crush and they put her in after he's After gone he's gone. For Chris Evans. <laughs> he's... In the comics, the Contessa and Cap, I think, have a little fling. So I, I bet you he's feeling a little bitter right now that he's not getting his uh, JLD. He's, time. Uh,
0: he's somewhere on the moon. <laughs> uh, he's not. He's in the ground. He's six feet under. Yeah. Captain America's dead. Is <laughs> he? I don't I thought they kind of implied it here when Bucky was like, look, it doesn't matter what Steve thinks he's gone. And right. I was like, okay, I feel like that means. Cause also right. like, he'd be watching all of this unless he teleported back to his other world. His
1: own person. Yeah, I yeah, think I... he
0: went
2: to like the, the timeline he's supposed to be in.
0: But if that timeline mirrors our timeline outside of small differences, there should be a John Walker messing stuff up there too. And he yeah had, but
2: no because if in that timeline he there wouldn't be a cap replacement it wouldn't it totally he wouldn't need to be replaced i i don't think he was when he went i don't think he was oh like,
0: because that cap would have stayed yeah
1: oh good point they would have oh just, they would have probably used his blood but here he would have yeah. actively just given away his, his blood oh like, jamie that's a good me. point
2: There's like a, they wouldn't have gotten to the point where you they, would have needed, where they were
1: testing a bunch of other people to test the it, oh, but we still man. have the person who's actively the super serum, so we'll just use it, we'll take his blood, and he would have willingly given it. It's a good point. I didn't if think it's even
2: that. another timeline, because that's still a gray area. Uh,
0: the writers and directors cannot decide, but you know, know who can decide? Loki yes yes i'm so excited for loki i I can't can't wait wait.
2: for our loki show so this
1: i love this series but this is a series that i have not been watching at midnight loki i will be watching at
0: midnight i watched this one at midnight (laughs) (laughs) after i saw that bloody shield in the morning i (laughs) hopped on at midnight way easier than the wandavision servers
2: (laughs) i'm already awake at, at midnight i don't go to bed till 2 a.m. anyway so there's
0: no reason for me not to watch it in the next. on that note I no, think it. that's it guys uh, that exciting way to end my bedtime I I were just not segueing well I had nothing to get us to rush hour I had nothing to get us to the connections to rush hour to Falcon and the Winter Soldier and I have nothing to get us to the end
1: you could do just like rush hour when they don't have anything just like let's just sing war together and close it out the film
0: I don't know that anybody wants to hear us sing war, but if you want to try it, (laughs) what is it good for? Absolutely Absolutely nothing.
1: nothing.
0: Guys, that's our show. Uh, Please still give us five stars after that beautiful rendition of war. What is it good for? Then you can, of course, follow the show on YouTube. You can hit subscribe or on the Apple iTunes app where you hit subscribe. You can do those two things. You can go to Twitter at Hollywood ADI, on Instagram at Hollywood already did it. I'm at, as always, Blake Terrence at Terrence Tatum. Jamie is at Jamie Cinematics. We, of course, do another show Terrence already mentioned called You Can't Do That Anymore. I, of course, do another show called How Do You Figure about action figure collecting. And Jamie has all of her work on comicbook.com and sometimes appears on Phase Zero. Name.
2: and follow me on letterbox because i'm really obsessed
0: with letterbox now yeah, and if you want to see my three letterbox d lists the spider-man movies the mcu and star wars they're at as always blake uh spoiler spider-verse is the best one empire strikes back is the best one and winter soldier is still the best one right behind it is black panther i don't make the rules but that is the <laughs> correct order <laughs> and we will see everybody next week.